And welcome to a special crossover episode of Locked On Twins. It's Friday, February 10th. I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you so much for making Locked On Twins your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Sully from Locked On MLB. We're going to chat Carlos Correa, Twins, American League Central, the future, Rocco Baldelli, the front office. It's all coming up. Enjoy the episode. Thanks so much. Go Twins. You are Locked On Twins, your daily Minnesota Twins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Nash Walker, who is for Locked On Twins, and they're playing in an American League Central where Unless the White Sox turn things around and losing Jose Abreu and being a little bit rudderless and making some, uh, let's just say it, not smart moves this offseason, it looks like it could be a two-horse race in the American League Central between the Guardians and the Twins. Uh, And the Twins made the biggest headline move of the offseason of any team in that division. So, Nash, um, talk to us a little bit about the Twins and moving forward in what is a winnable 2023. Yeah, so I think one of the <clears throat> I would I would call it a misconception, but maybe it's a a double-edged sword. The team last year looks a lot like the team this year, and the team last year won 78 games. So I think there's the there's a skepticism about if they're going to be better or if they are better, how are they going to be better with a balanced schedule now? They're not going to mm-hmm. up on the central as much. How's that going to look? in 2023, 2024, 2025, but it's specifically for this team in the rotation, they're not the same because there were times last year, I always bring this series up in September and you probably remember it. I'm sure we, we talked about it. I went to game two at target field and they were neck and neck with Cleveland. I think they were a game and a half back in the middle of September home series. They started Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer and Josh Winder, who was a rookie in that series against Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill, in a must-win series. Those are the starters they trotted out there. And God love Chris Archer, Dylan Bundy, and and hopefully Josh Winder has a a nice career for the Twins, but that's hopefully not going to be the case this year. It's They're replaced. Pablo Lopez is now in the rotation, hoping Tyler Malley is healthy for a lot of the season. Kenta Maeda is back Mm -hmm. from Tommy John surgery. So you look at this rotation, there's not a weak link in the rotation on paper. They have four starters who threw at least 100 innings with an ERA that was league average or better last year. Lopez Gray, Malley, and Joe Ryan. You have Bailey Ober as well. You got some depth at AAA. So the pitching is deeper. They're still missing that frontline starter. I was hoping they'd get this offseason, but I don't think it's the same team. They did subtract Luis Sarais. And as you know, Sully, covering baseball for as long as you have, every season's different, even if you have the same club, because players can be different. Players develop, players regress. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what it looks like. But for now, I agree with you. I think they're going to be in it in the Central. Well, and of course, you, you take a look at the team last year. They spent the majority of the year in first place. You know, they spent 91 games in first place out of 162-game season. Mm-hmm. And remember, when they tied the uh, they tied Cleveland – they were up, they were 68 and 64 when they tied Cleveland the day before Memorial Day, uh, Labor Day, I'm sorry. And they were going to, they played the Yankees. Now, lest we forget, the Yankees had an up and down, uh, they had a terrible 
second half of July, and all of August. If that had stretched a little bit further, because <laughs> they actually, the Minnesota wound up losing that series to yeah. um, to the Yankees, uh, that doubleheader sweep that they lost. And, you know, then, then, you know, then they wound up getting just, Cleveland just manhandled them. I mean, they just couldn't beat, they couldn't win a game against Cleveland. And that basically, Cleveland went on a rampage they the did. final month of the season. But on September 5th, they were tied. I'm, I'm going to baseballreference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. They were tied for first place on the uh, on the 5th of September. And after that game, it was... To season 10 and 9. I mean, even finishing, you know, even finishing 500 down the stretch, they would have been in decent shape. The point I'm making is to say, like, they remind too much of, of last year. They were not a bad team last year. They had a bad September mm-hmm. is what happened. They did. Their September was, was... a nightmare. A nightmare. And Cleveland was the opposite, as you said. Cleveland just played amazing baseball, and credit to them for putting it together. That's when you and I jumped on here. I think we we had an episode in in July or late August, and we said somebody's gonna run, somebody's yeah. got to do it. And I was hopeful it would be the Twins. I think you had a feeling, oh, maybe it will be the Twins. They made some moves at the deadline, but it was Cleveland. They made the run. They won the ninety games, and they earned it. They won a playoff series. Twins haven't won a playoff game in their last 18 tries so cleveland earned it and they'll be back and that's i was in production of that movie the last time <laughs> yes the yes one okay yes you I were not, you were in production I, I was not yet a father my isn't that crazy are, my kids are now applying for colleges okay yeah. and they can look me in the eye and say dad i've never seen the twins win a playoff game in my lifetime yes i i always think i think it's 2004 Yes, I think it was game, one, it was game yeah. one. Game one again. I'm doing this from game one of 04. and then they had the lead in extra innings, uh, in game two of that series against the Yankees, and then the Yankees rallied, and then there was the Ruben Sierra home run, uh, in game four. But you know that 04 ALCS could very well have been Red Sox Twins, mm-hmm. which would not have had the same. Cachet. No, I don't think so. Although you would have preferred it. <laughs> yes, I, I prefer just a playoff win. I would yeah. prefer a playoff win first, and then we'll move on to the series. But yeah, well, we'll see. At, I mean, but, there's a path. You know, there's but a path. look at. I'm just saying the way the team is situated right now, uh, and the way that I think that they've made obviously the Correa thing's not hanging over them, and it's not a very strong division. Uh, I think that putting money down on the twins wouldn't be the dumbest thing in the world. And do you what? If you're putting any money down, check out our new partner, and that's FanDuel. We're excited about our new sports betting partner for lockdown because of the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. they got so many great features. makes betting on sports fun and easy. And the big game, are we allowed to say it? Oh, it says that on the copy, the Super Bowl it's coming up. The only app you need at the Super Bowl party is FanDuel. Now, you can download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat. First bet, you get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel 
lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sports app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Look at that. Amazing. Amazing. So <laughs> we're here with Nash Walker, for now the host of Locked On Twins. Um, so the whole Carlos Correa uh, soap opera, if you're a Giants or Mets fans, you call it a fiasco. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, if I'd gone to FanDuel at the end of the year and said, put your money down on where Correa's going to land, uh, I, <laughs> Twins were not where I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, it was, uh, uh, you know, I haven't had you on since then, have I? It's been, uh, we didn't talk about that the last time you were on, but what is what are your thoughts of the, of, you know, the fact that that element is not, you know, you don't look at him as like a glorified rental player. I think that is actually a factor that has not been discussed because as a fan, as I was watching last year and you mentioned it, I was watching thinking they need to do this now because he's gone, right? They right. need to win the division. They need to get yeah. in the playoffs. It's got to happen now. You have Cray and Buxton for one year. Let's make this thing happen. Now you get six tries or seven or eight or nine or ten tries with Correa. Not every year is going to be him and his age 27 season, you know, right. five and a half, six win player. But I feel pretty good about him this year if the if the ankle's okay, which we, we don't know. We'll, we'll have to see on that. <laughs> But when I, would, when, yeah. when I, I forget who it was that said that he's going to be he's he, he's expecting a child, and they yeah. said pending physical. Some yeah, pending, oh, physical. pending physical. Pending physical. Pending physical. I was on a, a boat back in Cabo when he first signed with the Giants, and Ooh, I look saw at, the look what's going on the fancy vacation. I, I saw the tweet uh, from Passon, and I thought, okay, like yeah, three hundred fifty million. Obviously sucked because I thought the twins had a, had a chance, and we later found out maybe they actually did or not. They missed twice, but I, I remember seeing that and thinking, okay, it, it's this is what was expected. It's okay. Then when I saw the Mets one, I was pissed as a fan because I was thinking, why did the twins not get back in this? Why why did they not go out and you know raise their offer and try to get him back? But they weren't willing to go to three fifteen, and and they stopped at two eighty five. And that was frustrating for me. And I came on the show and I said I would have loved to see the Twins push it. And then when that broke down, Sully, I honestly felt as I was recording shows, like, do people really want to keep hearing about this? Because every single day it was Carlos Correa watch. What's going on? Are the Twins in it? A lot of people, a lot of fans, you're dumb for even thinking or mentioning the Twins in this conversation. And it's hard to argue that because he did sign with two other teams. But when it came down to it, we got there and it just kept we kept waiting and waiting for him to finalize with the Mets. How are the twins not back in it at that point? And I I figured that I pushed through doing the shows, talking about Correa, talking about the twins as they had a chance. And then we heard he's a twin. I I, I don't care personally that they're a third choice to prom. I know Who that's cares? Been, I know I don't Who care. Who gives a crap? I don't care Who's because the, the whole outlook of the team with him instead of Kyle Farmer as your everyday shortstop completely changes the whole scope of the season. It really yeah. does. So I'm well, just grateful. I mean, I'll tell you the, and again, this is coming from a neutral party here. Um, I 
could not believe the Orioles were not in on him. Yeah, I remember I, you me, you thought Baltimore was going to sign him. I thought Baltimore was the ultimate landing place for him, especially when you consider the team made, and again, people listening are sick of me saying this, the, the Orioles made that leap into winning baseball, which they hadn't mm-hmm. been since Puck Showalter refused to bring in Zach Britton. That was the mm-hmm. last time they had a winning team on the field. And so they finally made over that hump. And to tell their fans to say, hey, look it, we're going to try to compete. In fact, we're going to bring a star in. They have a big gaping hole at shortstop. You could, you got fans who are drooling to be excited about the Baltimore Orioles and to have something positive to say about the Angelos family and everything like that. Did you had Correa, especially when I saw the obviously the years became the issue. The Orioles have a bargain basement uh, payroll. Uh, payroll. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so now you're like, okay. Seeing that he's been showing up to press conferences in a full body cast, that you know you're not, you're, it's not going to be a, a 11, 12, 13 year deal. Right. It's going to be like a five year deal. Said okay, that's more. You know, I think the years scare people more off than the money mm-hmm. these days. So I thought this is perfect for Baltimore. You sign him to a shorter term deal, get the fan base like we're going to go for it. We're going to go for it. There were other teams like St. Louis and other who I thought made sense as well, and obviously the Yankees. I honestly didn't think he was going to come back to Minnesota because I kind of thought if he felt like, okay, I've been here, I've done that. But the Twins stepped up, and they were the team uh, that they – I thought he, I thought another team was going to scoop him up. I think the Mets felt – I think both the Mets and the Giants were like, oh, no, no, mm-hmm. no, no. You don't back down from that and say, oh, we're going to reduce the years. Like, no, there, right. this was – there were red flags going up there. Um, but um, – you know, I think the years are are manageable, you know? Even if he does get hurt, it's not like you're saying, oh, God, we're on the hook for the next, you know, 11, 12 years with this guy, mm-hmm. you know? Well, he said at the end of Boris, and I, I think it ultimately came down to his relationship with the Twins. It really did, because he said to Boris, it's been reported, find a way to get me back to Minnesota when he was done with the Mets. Because, Sully, to me, you're making a good point. Why would Baltimore not be in at 6200? Why would the Yankees not be in at 6200? Why St. would Louis. St. Louis not be in at 6200? Anybody. Anybody he said he's willing to play third, you know? So any anybody should be willing at that number. I guess there there were teams scared off because of the ankle. Right. But this is such if you told me at the beginning of the offseason, the Twins are going to retain Carlos Correa, I'd say, I don't even care. I don't care what the money is. It's not my money. I mean, right. I was, that's that's the main goal of the offseason. And the number 2 they're going to get him at six for 200 with team options for the next four seasons following. And it could yeah. turn into a 10 year, 300 whatever million dollar deal or 11. Cause he signed the one year deal last year. I would say that is the best outcome you could ever even think of for this off season for the twins in Korea. That's okay, where we're let me, at. Let me bring up another name here. Another factor here. And that's Royce Lewis. Mm-hmm. Now Royce Lewis is their top prospect or one of their top prospects. Um, and he's a shortstop. Now, is he is now Carlos Correa is there. Are the twins? I mean, what, how are they going to make this work? I mean, again, this is the problem you want to have with mm-hmm. the team. You know, you want like, I don't know where they're going to play all these people. Injuries will happen. You'll find the you know, spaces for everyone. Is this a situation you think that maybe having a Correa there? Remember, Correa was a positive influence on Bergman when mm-hmm. he was with the Astros. 
could Correa do something similar with with Royce Lewis? And obviously, I don't mean to shock you, there are some injury potentials going on with Correa. Mm. Could this mean Correa could move even to third or to first base and sort of take Royce Lewis under his wing? And suddenly it's like you, it's like you have two stars on the team. Potentially, I'm such a believer in Royce back to back knee surgeries, but I I just think yeah. I believe I believe in him. I believe in like his work ethic and and who he is. Like it's just mm-hmm. he's been top notch ever since he came in the organization. I believe in him. We'll continue to believe in him. It's not like Houston where Houston could let Carlos go because they had Pena and they wanted to give him that opportunity. I was seeing that like Twins fans were making that argument. It's okay to let Carlos go because Royce is just going to fill in. And that was fine to think about, but the Twins don't have enough talent elsewhere yeah. to, to sustain that loss. Houston has Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bergman, list goes on, and Pena himself. They couldn't they couldn't sustain that loss with Correa and still be looked at as a serious contender to make the playoffs, in my opinion, without moves elsewhere that would have really raised the ceiling and floor. So I, that was secondary, I think, in my mind. Like, Royce is great. I think Royce is going to be a really good major league player. But you worry about that second. Try to get Correa back. I think Correa will end up playing third on this deal. That's usually how it goes. But for Royce, I think he can play left. I think he can play third. I can. I think he can play second. He got hurt in center last year. That's how he, he tore his ACL yeah. for the second time. But I think he can back up Byron in center. I think he can bounce everywhere all around the field. Not going to maximize his value that way. But – I mean, I would rather have Correa and Royce bouncing around. Right. And I think another thing is sometimes when, you know, he came up through, as a shortstop through the system. You see a lot of times players who come up in mm-hmm. a position like that find their home somewhere else on the field. Not lest we forget Mookie Betts came up as a second baseman with the mm-hmm. Red Sox. You know, uh, you know, Gary Sheffield came up as a shortstop with Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers. I mean, you see times players – who came up with one position, you know, end up somewhere else. You know, Lewis strikes me as a player who you just want to have on your team. You know, find yeah. find the position for him to play. If he's shortstop, great. If not, he's going to help the team wherever he's going. Now, they also made the big trade with um, – I yeah. was going to say – Miami, I, I watched say, your show. I watched your show. So Tell I me your thoughts your, on your that. Take. I got your take on it. I liked it. Yeah, I liked your take. Uh, the what deal... was my take again? I can't remember my take. I'm trying. Well, I was watching on my TV, and I remember you were you were discussing Luis Arise, and you said in today's day and age, a batting champion is just a, it's a gold label. It used to be. Today, it's not as much of a gold label to be yeah, a batting champ, is. and that's true. But everything you see is batting champion Luis Arise. Still, you know, I agree with you. I think if I remember my take correctly, I like the move for both teams mm-hmm. that. Miami needs to have a bat. They need to have a hitter on that team. Yep. And by and while Lopez was a very, I think, a very stiff price to pay to get a hitter, by bringing in Cueto and the fact they still have the Cy Young Award winner, they still have a bunch of good pitchers on the team, that they still have a good, solid rotation. But Miami actually has a very good rotation. And adding a bat, they need to have a few, you know, hopefully – his getting hits will help this. So that you hope that there's a chain reaction. So, um, it's no small price to acquire Lopez. But as we saw down the stretch, you just said, in a critical series against Cleveland, they're starting rookies. They're starting journeymen. Mm-hmm. They need to have legitimate major league pitchers in their yeah. rotation. 
Yeah. And so, yes, it's a it's a risky trade. It's a trade that could blow up in their face. But it's also a trade that, you know, having uh, this is just my opinion, having, you know, solidify a starting rotation has a chain reaction in that if you have a good starting rotation, you're not wearing down the bullpen. Mm-hmm. You have a good starting rotation. You're not putting the pressure on the offense to score seven or eight runs a game. You yeah. have a good starting rotation. You know, they feed off of each other. And the lack of the starting rotation depth that they had last year bit them in the butt in that disastrous September. For sure. It's just, I like the feeling. I'm going to like the feeling when I'm looking at the probables. Because you go on MLB app or CBS or whatever you use. You look at probables. I'm going to feel on most days the Twins have a pretty decent pitcher going. Mm-hmm. I couldn't say that last year. And I no. saw, oh, Bundy's pitching tomorrow. Archer's pitching Thursday. It's like, I mean, you, they, they could win. You know baseball. It's not always who's the starting You're probable. winning 8-7. You're, you're, winning asking, eight, seven. you're right. asking the bullpen to come in in the fourth. Right. And you can't trap Bundy out against Shane Bieber no. in, in a must-win series. It's just not It's not tenable. And or I think Quantrill this summer, or the other pitchers they, anybody, they, and, anybody, and that they were finishing the game with Classe. I mean, yep. it was like, you know, you had like a two inning window to yes. score all those runs. Yep. And they did that that night, the night before that opener, they went down seven, nothing. And yeah. they had a huge like eighth inning against Karen check. But that was it. They were yeah. that was it. And they lost seven, six. But they had one inning basically to try to battle back. I think that's I, – I, if I'm I, – forgive me. I don't remember every damn podcast I do. I do five of them in a week. I mean, God's sakes, I'm not a machine. <laughs> but if I, – I think I'm – if I didn't do this, I'm going to do this now. I remember Kansas City got killed when they traded Will Myers, their top prospect, to – and um, Jake Odorizzi to Tampa, and they got back Shields and Wade Davis. Now, of course, mm-hmm. Wade Davis went on to become the World Series – bullpen hero when they won in 2015 but shields you know i remember defending the trade when it happened saying yeah myers could turn out to be a great player but we know james shields is a major league pitcher yep and you saw the acquirement 2013 he was a key part in winning the pen in 2014 he wasn't a cy young award winner either way but just having a major leaguer every five days allowed kansas city to fill in the other slots and mm-hmm. wind up getting the back-to-back world series right. i mean i I'm, look at is that going to happen with the minnesota twins yes <laughs> and go to fanduel.com and, and liquidate, go go liquidate your portfolio and put it all down there on the twins <laughs> the twins ou at fanduel is 83 and a half so would you take the over or the under i don't know how to bet i don't know what that means <laughs> i hate to, think, I hate to break it to you and I, I may have i may have lied to you during the fanduel read um would you and, do you uh, think and, and, and Ryan, you, by the way, please, please go on to FanDuel.com no, whenever now, you can. Now, or when okay. we're done, we can go. When we're done, when we're done. Um, no, I, I don't know what that means. Do you think they'll win 84 or more? Oh, oh, I thought you were. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. You're doing the over under of the yes, wins. Yes. Oh, I thought oh, it was you. like, what are, I thought you were doing, they're minus 200. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, don't. Um, don't wait, what is the over under on them? 83 and a half wins. Mm, I actually think that's pretty. I do think they're going to have a winning season. I mm-hmm. don't think they're going to win 90 games. Um, if I were a betting man, and if I was, I'd go to FanDuel. Um, Flash lockdown. Uh, but uh, I would probably bet on Cleveland just because I, I think – but 
It's a See, tough I think, number. I think I, yeah, it's number. really tough because you yep. don't have the balanced schedule. So they're not going to be smacking around, you know, uh, Kansas City and Detroit right. as often as they were. I think Cleveland's going to be high 80s, and I think Minnesota's going to be mid 80s. Yep. So I think only about f- maybe four or five games are going to maybe separate them. And they, of course, you know, obviously one month here, one month there could be the difference. I think 83 is pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. I said 82 yeah. to 88 today on the show. I said I think they'll win between 82 and 88 games. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. It all depends on their pitching. Yeah. It just, I mean, like, how many teams do I have to say that? Actually, some teams I don't have to say that about. Cleveland, if they can hit mm-hmm. with their pitching staff. They'll be fine. I think they'll win 93, 94 games if they can. Right. If, if, if a few hitters emerge from there. I think Miami, if they start hitting, they have a shot to be a fringe wildcard team. Mm-hmm. You know, win those low 80s. You know, I think they, they have a wonderful pitching staff. And um, Don Mattingly is no longer the manager. And every time Don Mattingly leaves an organization, they go to the World Series. <laughs> Look it up. But, uh, you know, the uh, – but I think uh, Minnesota is really based on their pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Really. And we'll see the effect of – I mean, who, who are they projected as their starting five right now? Sonny Gray. Tyler yep. Malley. Yeah. Pablo Lopez. Oh, I forgot you know what I forgot they had Molly. That's yes. right. They made the Molly yep. trade. Yeah. Joe um, Ryan and yep. Kenta Maeda. Kenta Maeda. Yeah. If Kenta Maeda comes back, because remember when he was healthy, he was a he was really awesome. good pitcher with Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, there's a lot of ifs. Yep. It's hypotheticals. You know, there's hypotheticals. a lot of the hypotheticals. The hypotheticals. twins lead the league in hypotheticals. They do. Tyler Malley missed uh all, the whole second half, basically last year, yeah. Pablo Lopez shoulder, like they just they got questions. But Tyler Molly, when he's healthy, it was very very good with Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So so I mean yeah, I mean, there's a lot of these pitchers. If you get a couple of them to to just be good, you know it's so mm-hmm. good is better than bad. Right. Mediocre is better than bad. Sometimes yeah. just uh, you know. Uh, a, a game here or a game there. Uh, Jordan Lyles. And, Jordan Lyles. Yeah. Good example last year. Mm-hmm. He's not, is he good? I don't know if he's good, but he's mediocre. He's better yeah. than bad. You know, he eats some minutes. Mediocre is better than bad. I agree. Uh, speaking of mediocre or bad, um, Rocco Baldelli, uh, the manager, um, is he on the hot seat? I don't. I think this uh, front office and Rocco are one. So if yeah, he is, I, you mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah, if he is, then I think the front office is. And I said last night, if this is another losing season, that would be three in a row. And they're 0-6 in the playoffs under this regime. And this is year seven for the front office. So if this is another losing season, and it's three in a row, I think the front office and Rocco then are on the hot seat. I don't think today, maybe it's slightly warm, but I don't think it's hot today. I'm going to say this, you know, because it's amazing how f- quickly things have turned. If you had told me in 2019, the two Joes, Joe Girardi and Joe Madden, were just floating out there, Mm -hmm. unemployed. Anyone could sign them now. Mm -hmm. And, and And you've had a carousel of managerial changes over the last couple of years. Now, granted, one team picked up a future Hall of Famer with Bruce Bochy, and uh, get your get your shots out. I'm going to say it again. 
Uh, I don't understand why no one will hire one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants. Mm. Um, I have a group of listeners who say every time I mention Bruce Bochy's lieutenants, they do a shot. And you'll get absolutely <laughs> wasted listening to this. But, like, Joe Madden is, went from the surefire going to the Hall of Fame to can't get a gig. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe Girardi went from, hey, he won with the Yankees. And he was manager of the year with the Mariners, not the Mariners, with the Marlins. If he leads another team to the World Series, we may have to start talking about him as a Hall of Fame manager. They're out there updating their LinkedIn page. And, you know, and I think of a team where there is sky high expectations, increased payroll. You can't use the no payroll argument anymore mm-hmm. and potential hall of fame managers floating out there in the ether. Um, I'm kind of befuddled. Like do people, I mean, like how did their stock fall that fast? Joe Madden is, he, he's having trouble, I think because of the, the, the numbers. <laughs> I think I've seen that he, uh, He's outwardly and publicly expressed displeasure with the the current game, and I think for modern front offices, they they want somebody. I'm not going to use the word puppet, Sully, but they want somebody that is that is unified in their beliefs. And I'm not sure Joe Madden is, and I'm not sure he would be with this Twins front office of forward thinking, numbers based, uh, you know, progressive, if you may, baseball today. I don't, I don't, maybe that's, maybe I'm off base, but I think that's what it is for Madden. Girardi, I'm not as sure, uh, but with, with Madden, I think he's a little more old school than teams today prefer, but we're seeing Bochi. You see so many, you know, La Russa, you see guys getting hired anyway. Yeah. I I think it, I, he, that strikes me would be a, a, a move made by an owner who mm. say, I'm not this, this guy won a World Series with the freaking Cubs, took the freaking Rays to the World Series, and I don't know what any of you guys are talking about, but this guy's a winner. Yeah. Um, I understand Girardi is apparently a pain in the ass, um, but uh, he was a good manager. I right. Mean, I mean, the, you saw how the Phillies relaxed when he got fired, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, the Phillies were not the right fit for him, evidently, but you know, I think a rebuilding squad could use someone like that, but who, who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have nothing against Baldelli, and it's amazing how uh, quickly someone could become a smart manager once they start winning. Um, right. You know, I, I, you know, we'll see what happens. But hey, um, bit of business to take care of. Uh, Nash Walker, host of Lockdown Twins. But not for much longer. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you saw Soli. Uh, I'm moving to Reno. Yes. And I'm yes. I'm going to work with the which AC. is an A's affiliate. Yes. D backs. Yes. Oh. So oh. oh that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. The yep. I'm sorry. They, no, they were right. an A's affiliate. Oh, West. Yeah. Oh, they were an A's affiliate. Okay. Yeah. So I'm moving to Reno in uh, two and a half weeks, mm-hmm. and it's sad. Eight hundred and eight hundred. It'll be. I think it'll be eight hundred and seventy episodes of Lockdown Twins, which is crazy. Uh, I remember sitting here in 2020 after they got swept by the Astros. Or not here, but I was sitting at school thinking, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> they, they just got swept again. They lost. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can keep going, but I did for a couple more years. And I'm so grateful. Yeah. I loved yeah. it. I wouldn't give it up if I if I didn't have to. 
Um, but I understand and it's all part of the business. So yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for how I've grown. Yeah. 